No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord answers King Hezekiah in his time of anguish. He speaks against King Sennacherib of Assyria and does something nobody expects. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Kings chapter 19 on Simply the Bible. Disaster was looming at the gates of Jerusalem. The world-conquering Assyrians threatened to invade and destroy. King Hezekiah poured out his heart to the Lord in prayer and then sent a delegation to Isaiah the prophet. He had no place else to turn. We continue in 2 Kings 19.20. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. What a blessing it is when God hears our prayers and answers. Nothing compares to the joy and peace of knowing God is in control and that we are the objects of his loving kindness. This is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high? Against the Holy One of Israel. The Assyrian field commander had mocked Hezekiah, mocked the people of Jerusalem, and blasphemed God. Now the Lord turned the tables and mocked the Assyrians. When the Assyrians would conquer a city, they would violate the women as part of the spoils of warfare. But the virgin daughter of Zion would despise them, laugh them to scorn, and shake her head behind their backs. In other words, she would remain completely unviolated by the Assyrians. Their boasts would prove to be all in vain. The field commander thought that the God of the Jews was like all the other gods of the nations they defeated. So he blasphemed him, saying that he could not deliver his people from their hand. But God said, who do you think you are blaspheming? I'll tell you who, the Holy One of Israel. Whenever I hear someone mindlessly take the Lord's name in vain, treating the holy name of God as though it were a curse word, it makes me cringe. Really, I believe it grieves the Holy Spirit within me. People don't realize whom they are blaspheming when they carelessly slander and dishonor God. Verse 23, By your messengers you have reproached the Lord. And said, by the multitude of my chariots, I have come up to the height of the mountains, to the limits of Lebanon. I will cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypress trees. I will enter the extremity of its borders to its fruitful forest. I have dug and drunk strange water. And with the soles of my feet, I have dried up all the brooks of defense." The Assyrians had conquered many nations and known great success, but rather than giving God the glory, they had taken the glory for themselves. They thought their conquering would be without borders, 
but it was their boasting that knew no bounds. If they would have read the Proverbs of Solomon, then they would have known that of the seven things God hates, a proud look tops the list. God resists the proud. Then the Lord continued, Did you not hear long ago how I made it? From ancient times that I formed it? Now I have brought it to pass. You should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. Therefore, their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass on the housetops and grain blighted before it is grown. God had ordained the Assyrians to be his instruments of judgment. He had granted Assyria their victories. He had used them to chasten Israel, and now he was using them to chasten Judah. If God had not given them this power, they could do nothing. People who are successful in this world often boast in their own accomplishments. If they don't do it outwardly, then they are lifted up in their own hearts. There is nothing wrong with being successful, but who gave you that success? Who gave you the gifts, skills, education, and experience? Who gave you your life? What could you do if God didn't ordain it? If God blesses you, then you should be quick to give him the glory. If you think more highly of yourself than you ought, then you are headed for a fall. Verse 27. But I know your dwelling place, your going out and your coming in, and your rage against me. Because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears, therefore I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way which you came. We should remember that God knows our address and phone number. He knows where we live. He knows every day of our lives, and He determines how many we each have. God is slow to anger and slow to bring judgment, but we cannot hide from Him. And everything we have said or done is exposed before the eyes to whom we will give an account. It was the practice of the Assyrians to put a hook in the nose of their captives and carry them back to their own land. But now God would put a hook in the nose of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and drag him back by the way he came. This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself, and in the second year what springs from the same. Also in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat the fruit of them. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant and those who escape from Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The Lord then gave a sign to Hezekiah that these things would surely come to pass. When the Assyrians invaded Judah, they took 46 fortified cities. Now they were laying siege against Jerusalem, imprisoning her inhabitants within the city walls. What had this done to their food supply? The field commander warned the Jews that if they didn't surrender, they would starve. The sign God gave to Hezekiah was a food program for the next three years. The current year and the following year, they would eat what the land produced on its own. 
But in the third year, they would sow and reap as normal because the Assyrians would no longer be in the land. Many people in Judah had died because of the Assyrian invasion, but the remnant that remained would take root downward and bear fruit upward. This is the result of trials in our lives if we will trust in the Lord. We grow roots in times of suffering and affliction. We deepen our relationship with the Lord. We root ourselves in Him and in His promises. The growth of these roots is so necessary if we are to bear fruit in the future. Therefore, don't despise the day of suffering. Rather, ask God to help you be firmly rooted and established in Him. The season of a bumper crop is on its way. We must first root in order to bear fruit. It would be the zeal of the Lord of hosts that would accomplish this. I love that phrase. I think we sometimes forget that when we have aligned ourselves with God's purposes, that His zeal is at work on our behalf. He is the Lord of hosts. That is, He is the commander-in-chief of the armies of heaven. And His zeal will accomplish great things for those who trust in Him. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Isaiah made a daring prophecy. He went out on a limb, for if his prophecy didn't come true, then he would be judged as a false prophet. Nearly 200,000 Assyrians were surrounding Jerusalem, but Isaiah said that not a single one of them would shoot an arrow over the city walls. And while they came to lay siege, not a single siege mound would be built. Instead, they would turn around and go back the way they came, something that was unthinkable for the mighty Assyrian army. God would defend Jerusalem and he would save her. But why? First, for his own sake. Jerusalem was the place where he chose to place his name. It was where his temple was built. As long as the lamp of faith remained, God would protect his city for his own glory. Second, God would save the city for the sake of his servant David. He had made great promises to David concerning Jerusalem and the throne where his descendants would sit. Even though Judah was guilty in many ways, for the sake of David, God would not give Jerusalem over to the Assyrians. God also defends and saves his people today. Why? It isn't because of our righteousness, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God saves those who call upon the name of the Lord for his own sake. It's for his glory, so that people may see that God delivers those who trust in him. But God also saves for the sake of His Son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus paid the price for our sins, God saves all those who put their trust in Him. He remembers that Christ redeemed us. And God won't allow us to perish or be given over to the power of the enemy. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 
185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh. Now it came to pass, as he was worshiping in the temple of Nisroch, his god, that his sons Adramelech and Sherezer struck him down with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. Then Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. This is an amazing story. And who among the Jews or Assyrians could have foreseen it? One angel in one night killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. This account appears here in Second Chronicles and in Isaiah. No nation could stand against the mighty Assyrian army, but God sent one angel and took it out in one night. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think. Seeing what happened, Sennacherib returned home and remained at Nineveh. Later his sons struck him down with the sword, fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy verbatim. When severe trouble strikes, we need never to fear. Rather, we should go to the Lord, lay out our problem before him as Hezekiah did. We can trust in him. He may allow trouble to come for a season, but he will save us for his own sake and for the sake of his beloved son who purchased us for himself with his own blood. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see where Isaiah tells Hezekiah that he will die and to put his house in order. Hezekiah prays, and God extends his life 15 years. But is that wise? We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Kings on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.